I love the worship team here so much. <laughs> you guys, yeah, you guys, you guys bless me. You guys encourage me so, so, so much beyond what you know. And um, I, know, I, know, I know the collective we, we don't take that for granted, but I just want to give honor to the worship team, man. That's not an easy job. Right. I just saw a picture during that last song. Like there's, there's like these personal times of worship where you enter in and you know it's, you know, I love you, Jesus, and you love me, and I praise you, and I extol you. And then there's other times where you know that you're stepping in for other people. And I just want to remind you, Auburn Heights, that you're a lot bigger than this room. Um, I just saw pictures of these massive, massive arrows coming out of this building, and they were landing exactly on target in places in Phoenix City and places in Columbus. The worship that you're putting out of this house is impacting and truly changing things in Phoenix City and in Columbus. So I just I want to give honor to that. And um, just to remind you and encourage you in that, don't shut your mouth. Don't ever shut up. It's the biggest cuss word in the world to me. Don't ever shut up. Continue to open your mouth. Continue to sing and to declare and to impact Phoenix City with your worship. Because this is more than just Sunday morning, me and mine, right? Um, as, as a son of the house, in love. <laughs> you guys are so powerful. Um, other thing, I've got stuff I want to share, but I just, I keep getting overwhelmed with, with uh, these rabbit trails. And um, I just wanted to also honor this house and um, without sharing these long 30-minute stories, I have a lot of friends that are in ministry. Um, I've got a lot of friends that are pastoring, and I've got a lot of friends that have pastored. I have a lot of friends that are leading worship and a lot of friends that have led worship. And probably in the past four or five years in particular, I've seen Psalm 91 play out in my life. A thousand have fallen to the left, 10,000 have fallen to the right. I've seen things that would make you just sick to your stomach and just break you down like real trauma on real people that just caused them to bow out and tuck out completely. And um, I myself, full transparency, am going through sorting out a lot of that stuff too. Like stuff happens in, you know, in ministry. It just does. Stuff happens whenever you're trying to love people and, um, you know, we're quote unquote on the front lines or whatever. But I want to honor this house because had it not been for you guys, and I've shared this with Rodney before, had it not been for you guys, my vision and my lens of the church would have cracked um, in the past five years. I would have been like, forget it. If this is what it's leading to and this is what it's about, there is so much purity and integrity and hope and health in this house. And I've gotten to see that from the inside for you know, 14 years going on now. And I just want to honor that, that because of the purity and the integrity of this house, not that everything is perfect all the time, duh, but because of the integrity and the purity in this house, one of your kiddos that's in Nashville didn't lose his way. Right. right. It's not perfect, and we're walking through it, and there's a lot of mess, and you know, thank God for godly friends and mentors and a wife and therapy. You know, it's all good. It's all good. Um, amen. I got one amen for therapy. If you, if you haven't tried therapy, I highly recommend it. Um, well, cool. Well, I'd like, to, I'd like to just pray, if that's all, all right with you guys. Um, Father, thank you so much for this morning. I just ask that you would open our eyes to your perspective that you're giving more than we could ask or think. 
open our eyes to that perspective, you are giving out more than we could have ever imagined, more than we could dream of. Would you give to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, just as Paul prayed, and the knowledge of you, that you would enlighten our hearts and that we would know the hope that you called us to? Would you show us what are the riches, the riches of our glorious inheritance? And we say unto you who's able to do abundantly more than we could ask or think, to you be the glory and all the honor. And we are crazy about you, God. Thank you so, so much. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Um, yeah, so Tuesday night, before I get into what I felt like the Lord was sharing with me, I suppose, quick question, with this little secret word called COVID, which I'm sure y'all don't know about, and um, you know, riots and election and you know, political disrest and all the stuff happening in the world, whose life looks exactly how they thought it would look right now? If one person raised their hand, like I'd give you the mic. I'm like, help us out, man. <laughs> How did we get here? Um, our lives don't look anything like we thought it would. And I think this is one of the few rare times where that is globally the case. It's not just this individual, like, what the heck is going on? I got sacked by this storm, right? It feels like the whole world is just in this place of how did we get here? Like, who dialed that in on 2020 and turned it up to 11, right? And same thing, like I'm in the same place, like where's this coming from? What's happening in the middle of it? And where are we going? What's going on? And I feel like what the Lord was sharing with me was that life is not going to look like we expected it to look right now. And so why would we expect it to turn back to normal when all this is over? What ha yeah, exactly. What is normal? What happens when you plant a seed and you're like, where'd the seed go? Do you think a seed's going to come out of the ground? No, you get a tree, right? Yeah. Right. I just, I just, I don't want us to lose focus or get distracted about what is the Lord doing right now? And where are we going with that as the church, as the body of Christ? Where are we going with that? And it's, it's funny to me because it came to me because, um, you know, we, me and my wonderful gift of a gorgeous wife have been married for um, right at a year now. Um, we had our one-year anniversary last month. And um, man, I recommend marriage and anniversaries and all of it. It's been awesome. Like, we, we, we joke about it all the time. We're like, this is awesome. Like, marriage with you is awesome. Um, and on our one-year anniversary, we decided we want to get a puppy. We're going to adopt a puppy from the Humane Association. And um, I've had dogs my whole life until I moved to Nashville, and Abby's had dogs most of her life as well. And so we adopted this little dude, and um, he's a pit or a beagle or a something. We don't know. Um, but what he's done for me, besides give us permanent scars all over our arms, um, is he's given me the ability to change my prayer closet where I have typically been, uh, you know, I, I get it in my car usually. Like I've always had these moments with Jesus in my car. Do I have any, any car people here? What is it about the car? Is it just like this safe bubble? I don't know. Um, but there's something about, I don't know, there's something about cars that just being in there, I, I, I get connected with the Lord too. Um, and then in the shower, and I guess that's because I'm a musician and there's just something, something about the creatives. We get it in the shower and I don't know why, right? Um, but yeah, this is the first time where I'm getting to walk in the cool or the, the humid of the day, <laughs> the end of the Tennessee day with, uh, with Kimball, little Kimball is his name. And um, 
I, I don't know. I had this moment this last week where uh, we were walking and, you know, he's, everything in the world is so wonderful and exciting to him. He's like, grass, oh my gosh, people, oh my, a bush, oh my gosh, is that a building? What is that? You know, everything is so awe-inspiring to him and he's just wanting to explore and sniff and before he could even take in, you know, there's another dog here, he's distracted by there's another human over here. And it's so funny to watch because he's just, he's excited and his tail is wagging. And we got down to um, sort of the, the bottom of our apartment complex we're in. And um, I sort of turned over and I noticed our, um, our landscape and the water coming up. And in the background, I saw where there was some tornado damage. I don't know if y'all know, um, Nashville, we had an F4 that came through a few months ago. Um, it missed our apartment by literally within one mile, just leveled, leveled the whole um, area that we're in. I saw this tornado damage and I saw little Kimball just sniffing and wagging and looking up at me and um, the water and I stopped and it was one of those really, really simple, not profound, but holy moments where I was like, this is, this is my life and God, you're here with me, right? And I'm so used to you being here in this context for me. And suddenly everything changed because my life is, I'm a, I'm a dog walking, stay at home, teaching over FaceTime um, husband. And for the past 12 years, that's not been the case. I've been um, identified, quite frankly, I started to identify myself as I'm Brian, the minister and the worship leader, right? And all of that got pulled from me. Like, the, the seasons drastically changed and the Lord said, I want you to move into something else. And suddenly I was looking my new normal in the face and the past four years, which I'm not gonna unpack, that's more of a coffee conversation of trauma, deaths in the family, massive church splits, betrayal, all this stuff that all happened one after another, after another, after another, not only made sense, but it didn't matter anymore because I had a little puppy in my, my safe apartment complex and um, you know, me and Abby are figuring it out together. And um, it, it was just, just this really simple mo- this moment where um, the Lord just wanted to highlight the new is gonna look a lot different than you think it's gonna look like. For me, I was expecting this, you know, blow my mind. And really what I was looking for is my life's not chaotic enough. Give me more chaos, you know? It's my, my trauma coming out. <laughs> and God's like, no, I'm going to give you something so stable that it's going to offend you. Go walk your dog. Like, Where's the wisdom in that? Well, I don't know. God said it. Go walk your dog. So what I wanted to, the, the scripture that I want to unpack in this light, and then I'm going to unpack this, this, this actual word some more, um, is based out of Genesis chapter 2, um, verse 18, 25. It might be on the overhead, but I got my... I got my Bible right here. Um, Also, thank God for Genesis. That's the easiest one to find, right? It's somewhere in there. So Genesis chapter two, verse 18 says, then the Lord God says, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Um, I promise this isn't a marriage sermon, but just, just work with me here. Now out of the ground, the Lord had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. 
So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, he took one of the ribs out, closed it in its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, the lamest pickup line of all time, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. That's like every nervous middle schooler asking a girl out. <laughs> it's like, I shall call you woman. You were taken out of man. You were bone of my body. It's like he just, he, he stuttered his words for the first time, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure there's some translation in there. Anyway, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. What has stuck out to me about this whole passage is um, a few years ago, I did a study in just Genesis chapter one and chapter two. I was obsessed with the creation account. And that's all I would read for probably about two years. Like I would every day just read through Genesis one, Genesis two over and over and over. And it took me probably about a year and a half in until this, this sort of verse became Rhema and just jumped off the page at me. And it made me realize that this is the first time that the concept of need is introduced to man. The concept of, I need something. And this need was given directly by God. Right Up to this point, you have Adam in the garden with sinless senses and faculties, walking with God himself in the dead center of the garden of pleasure. It doesn't get any better than that. And God in his infinite wisdom turns to Adam and says, you need. And Adam's like, oh, I need something for the first time. He's with God, but he has need for the first time. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like what was going through Adam's mind or his heart? He was like, oh, is it, is it hunger? Is it thirst? Is it my body? Like what's going on? But I have a need for the first time. Cool. So this God who has given me the ability to experience fullness of pleasure with him in the Garden of Eden, like in this perfect microcosm, um, suddenly says, you have a need and check this out. I myself, God, am going to use something else to fulfill it for the first time. And so Adam's thinking, okay, I have a need. God, you're all I know. Oh no, it's not going to be you. Well, then what is it? And so you better believe Adam was looking everywhere for, it's not good I'm alone. I have loneliness for the first time. The first need introduced to man was loneliness while walking with God. And Adam said, I have this sense of loneliness for the first time. I don't know what to do with that. And so God turns to Adam and says, and almost changes the subject immediately. He says, okay, go name every creature. Adam's like, wait, the, the need, the, the loneliness, like where, weren't we on that conversation? Like you're the one that said, you're the one that gave me a prophetic word about I've got need. And then you're gonna say, okay, name the creature. And I would imagine, I don't know if Adam did this, but in my mind, my thought is, oh, so God said lonely and need and I need a partner. And he said, name every animal. So I'm about to get a partner and an animal, duh, right? Right? And so Adam goes through and he names, it says, every creature. Do you have any idea how long that probably took? <laughs> and I'm not going to I don't want to like over interpret or give extra biblical revelation, but I, 
that could have taken years. It could have. It could have taken a week. We don't know. But it could have easily taken upwards of a decade. To name every individual creature on the planet probably took a while. Um, no idea how long that was. But point being, it was, an ex- it was a season where Adam had to name, name, name. And all he was doing was walking in God's purpose and doing exactly what God said. And the whole time he had the sense of, I need something. I have a need. I'm lonely. And so he was like, okay, let me name this guy. All right, that's the ant. That's easy. Okay, this guy is the skunk. We're going to stay away from him for a little bit. And he goes through and he's like, the monkey? That doesn't look anything like me, but whatever. And then he gets to the dog and he's like, maybe dog? Like, is this my partner? Like, I love the dog. And no, it's not the dog. It's not the monkey. It's not the ant. He goes through the whole animal kingdom, like swimming, the, the, the birds, everything, names everything. And he gets to the zebra and he names it. And bam, he fulfilled the commission of the Lord. And he still had a need. And he was still lonely. God presented a need in Adam had Adam fulfill a commission and somehow that need wasn't met in the middle of all of that? Hope deferred makes the heart what? Sick. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So Adam gets to this point after fulfilling a commission, having a God-placed need of loneliness in his life and his heart for the first time. And suddenly God's like, cool, you did what I asked. Thanks. Puts him to sleep, yanks out a rib, brings him to life. There was no such thing as a woman before this. Like God had seen the dogs, excuse me, Adam had seen the dogs. He'd seen the dolphins. He'd seen all the animals, but like in his wildest dreams, he could have never dreamed up a woman. Right guys? Right guys? Right. Like, he did a pretty good job when he made the woman, right? When he brought Adam, his wife, the first marriage that we see in Scripture, it was the first time that God met a need far beyond what the grid was at the moment. God said, Need. He gave Adam a commission and Adam immediately fulfilled it. And God said, cool, that was just for maybe character growth. I don't know. I don't know why he did it, but he did. And he gets to the end and he's like, bam, here's a woman. And Adam's like, I, I got to be honest. I was expecting a lot, but I wasn't expecting that. And suddenly man had woman. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal. The reason I want to bring all that up is that our expectations are set so hilariously present and low. I don't want to say we. Let me, let me take that back. My expectations are so hilariously low and so hilariously present that it's almost hard for me to fathom how can God be so good and so creative forever at all times? How in the world could he take my situation from these past years, like the, the family deaths, the, 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 you know, the church splits, all the stuff and just say, Hey man, I just want you, I just want you to have your little, your little dog in your apartment and your wife. Like guys, I I want you to start teaching and discipling worship leaders and worship teams. And I want you to just start teaching music to people. Wouldn't that be cool? And I'm like, I don't have a grid for that. That's not what I'm looking for, but it was my new. 
and I feel like the Lord is encouraging what expectation of the new is, and this is all fluff to build up to. I want to be very direct with you guys. Stop expecting redemption and start expecting the new. I'm going to say that one more time. Stop expecting redemption and start expecting the new. Stop expecting the Lord to redeem and give a version of the old when he's looking to give something entirely new. Okay? Not talking just new wine, not pour out more, but a new wine skin, right? A new brand. Stop expecting the Lord to raise the old man and disciple him because he died for a reason. And yes, there are seasons where the Lord is working out and massaging things in our lives and we, we hold on faithfully to those. That's not what I'm talking about. Hear my heart. We have to stop getting our hopes set so, so low that God can't still perform. He's not still the God of revival. He's not still a God of miracles because he always has been and he always will be. He is in the position of blowing our minds. The main scripture he gave me, ironically, Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? That's why I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation for our ears to be opened up. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Some of us need our way made in the wilderness right now, like a path that wasn't there before, and some of us need just rivers to burst up. I don't know what your specific need is this morning, but you have to trust that the Lord can manifest anything at any given point in time. I just want to increase your faith for that more than anything this morning. And I want to say that big picture in context of what all is happening right now. Are you guys aware that stuff is happening in the world right now? Like, are you moderately aware? I try to stay away from the news, which I know is kind of a cuss word to say in church, um, to say that I stay away from the news. But there's just so much fear and stuff that just, there's so much information that floats with a, an assignment behind it that um, it's just noisy to me. Um, and a lot of it's really, really good too, but I'm just, I've, I'm not a fan of the, the noisy side of it. But it's very obvious that there's a lot of crazy circumstances that are surrounding us right now. And I want to say expecting the new in light of all these things are just signs of seasons changing. Like COVID's not the thing. It's a big deal, but it's not the thing. Acknowledge it. Be wise. Pay attention to what's going on, but don't be distracted by COVID. Uh, all the stuff that's happening, the, the uh, different protests in the city. We had, we had our Supreme Court set on fire in Nashville. Um, you know, Antifa, all this stuff. Um, I'm sure you guys know there's a very silent election happening later on this year. Don't be distracted by the signs in the season. Turn to the Lord and just know that these are just signs of the season changing. And let's ask the Lord, what are you doing that's new? What is the new for me and my house? And what is the new for us, God? What are you doing? Because this thing's not going to look the same in a year from now. And I don't mean a little different. Like this thing, like all of this, all of our lives are just, they're, they're going in such a wonderful, beautiful, powered, bright, brilliant direction. And the last thing I want us to do is buckle under because there's a little bit of snow happening right now, you know? never been cold before. And yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, the, y'all, y'all, y'all hear my heart. Y'all know what I'm saying. I hope. Um, 
last couple of things I want to share in light of that is, um, I'll just share one thing. I'll share one thing. Um, the Father never, ever promises anything new without already having it prepared. He's not the God who forgets anniversaries and asks you to go shopping real quick so that he can get the present ready for you. He didn't forget about Christmas. You know, that's, that's, not, gar- that's not our God. That's not what he does. Um, he's not forgetful. He's not trying to bide time. He's not trying to hold off. Back to Genesis, he made oceans before he made fish. That would have been a real bummer for the fish, right? <laughs> he made gravity before he made birds and before he made a place for them to be, right? Um, he has made... I would go as far as to say pleasurable environments full of resources before he ever called you to your journey. Before he ever called you to walk through what you're going to walk through, he set you up to environmentally win. No word he gives returns void, and that's not just in the end game, that's in the middle. I love 1 Thessalonians, and everything, give thanks, rejoice in the Lord always, and pray always. And it's like, if I do that, I'm doing the will of God. It's like, stay, stay in that middle place of, while I'm expecting the new, how do, I, how do I make these gardens burst up? How do I make this river, like, how do I position my heart for the wilderness to be made straight before me, right? Faith can be scary, because that's what faith is. It's just trusting, and trusting can be scary, right? Um, but keep your hope alive and expect the new anyway. It won't always look like we expect. You know, I think of Jesus. Imagine the whole world waiting this God, Savior, King, decked out in full body armor, glorious and radiant, like coming to rule politically and change the whole planet and we got Jesus instead. <laughs> because that's what happened. And that's what continues to happen. Don't be offended when we get Jesus. Don't be offended when it's just Jesus. Because that's really the desire of every heart. That's what we're after. And so I've got some declarations I want to read out, but I just want to say, Jesus, I want to acknowledge that you are the desire of the nations and you are the desire of our individual hearts this morning. And we set our attention and our affection towards you. God, would you give us ears to hear and eyes to see exactly what you're saying, that we would walk in the cool of the day and experience your glory to glory to glory to glory, that we wouldn't be stuck in 2019 we wouldn't set up camp in 2020. We turn our eyes towards you. We turn our spiritual eyes towards you. God, I ask for visions and dreams, even today in Jesus' name, that you would show individuals here that where there's hopelessness, where there's fear, where there's anxiety, where there's trauma, where there's unresolve, would you replace all those things with Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, right now, in Jesus' name? And I just want to, I just want to declare some stuff over us in this light and say that we are expecting the new God. When we thought we were expecting something in the middle of our need, we were expecting maybe an animal to be a partner and you gave us a woman. Uh, 
when we were expecting this wild decked out king and you gave us Jesus, what are we expecting in the middle of 2020? Would you set our eyes upon you to expect you? And I just release these things into the atmosphere. And if you want to agree with me, just agree with me. And if you don't, that's fine too. Um, Father, I release fear and I receive love. That sounds like a good idea. Just repeat that after me. I'm just, I just want to declare some stuff over our lives. Say, Father, I release fear and I receive love. We expect the new God. Father, I release bitterness and I receive freedom. That's a pretty good trade. Father, I release forgiveness over those who have betrayed me and I receive mercy and the grace to give. Mm -hmm. Father, I release judgment and I receive compassion. God, we expect the new from you, God. Would you give it to us? Father, I release sickness from my body and I receive healing. And let's just add this to the end. I'm expecting the new. Yeah, that feels good. Let's say that again. I'm expecting the new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Father, I release distrust and I receive a sense of healthy connection. I'm expecting the new. Let's keep going. We got a few more. Father, I release shame and I receive your loving invitation into the light. I'm expecting the new. Father, I release fearful warfare and I receive your perspective, your wisdom, and your strategies. I'm expecting the new. And I just want to pray over all of us. Father, release your glory. Give us eyes to see your glory and move us from glory to glory. God, I ask that you would give to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we, you are doing more than we could ever ask or think or imagine. And Lord, I break off the shame and the expectation of yesterday and I ask for clear vision of what you want to do next. Would you open the eyes of our understanding to see and hear exactly what it is in the spirit that you're doing? And I just, I bless us with the grace to walk in it. Grace can feel a little left-handed and weird when it's a new season, but Lord, I just ask for there to be grace over every individual in this house, over every heart in this house. And last thing I want to say just out of compassion is that you haven't gone through what you went through for nothing. The Lord's not just disavowing our stories. He's not disavowing the difficulty and the pain of 2020 because it has been difficult and it has been painful. It's very, very hard and it's not forgotten and it's not not seen. But start expecting the new. Set your eyes properly. Jesus, we love you so, so much. In Jesus' name.